Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock my name is Nigel. Guy Relford in for Jason Hammer. We'll go to the DriveHubler.com hotline and bring on Rick Snyder, president of the FOP. Rick, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. How are you? I'm doing well. Happy New Year to you guys. Rick, so let's get right to it. Some of the um, numbers we're looking at in terms of violent crime stats for Indy in 2022. Over 1,100 people shot or stabbed for the year with at least 229 homicides. Just your overall a uh, big picture takeaway from from the numbers that we're seeing well i think it shows that we still are facing tragic trends throughout the city of indianapolis that's a third year in a row over 200 plus homicides that we've never seen in the history of our city and uh while we applaud the the uh the reduction that we've seen from last year it just uh, again is a reminder though that we're still at record levels you know i liken it to this you know it's it's like uh, your fuel prices, your gas prices going up to $5 a gallon, and then they come down to $4 a gallon, yeah. and people cheer that we've had a reduction. Yeah. We really haven't. There's still record-level highs, and it's the same. And, you know, every life should be mattering here. And what we see is that we have 229 of our fellow neighbors who have lost their lives in just one year uh, in our city. And Rick, this is Guy. You know, one thing I said earlier on the show is that, you know, yeah, I'm an older guy, but it wasn't that long ago that hitting 100 homicides in Indianapolis was a big deal. And and now we seem to be applauding uh, 229 simply because we didn't set a record for another year in a row like we have for several years over the past several years. But this is still, I mean, really to your point, these are still uh, incredibly high numbers. Well, there's no doubt about it. And when you look at do the comparative analysis, I mean, all year long, we were still running neck and neck with Chicago for total number of homicides. And again, guys, don't lose sight of the fact that we had, you know, 964 people shot, 193 people stabbed. Many of those are also attempt murders. The only reason why they didn't result in a homicide was because of medical technology and, quite frankly, the rapid response of folks on the front lines and public safety, like our law enforcement officers who apply tourniquets and, and uh, bandages and life-saving medical uh, responses as well. Anything else you could point to uh, in terms of reduction in the number of homicides? I believe Hogsett said 15.87 decrease three times the national average in reduction. Um, you know, I know the American Rescue Plan was able to get you guys uh, millions and millions of dollars. You know, so some money was thrown at that problem. Um, but there, was there anything else that you could point to? Um, sure. What else? Sure. There, there, a significant issue that uh, has uh, taken place in 2022 was a very intentional step by law enforcement in Indianapolis and throughout Marion County, not just IMPD, but other police agencies as well, to completely bypass the local prosecutor's office and take violent crimes that involve guns and repeat violent offenders to the federal prosecutor here. And if you guys have been following the news or following uh, our Twitter, we've been quick to point out all of the press releases and news stories and headlines that have come from the uh, local, uh, the uh, Indiana U.S. attorney here uh, for the Southern District of Indiana, uh, who has uh, drawn down significant results of actually um, not just closing the door, the revolving door in Indianapolis, but actually bypassing the revolving door and locking some people up who are repeat violent offenders. That's had a dramatic effect. And I applaud the strategy of our IMPD to move in that direction when it is appropriate. And guys, I also want to give credit. We finally bought 
and invested in a technology package that we, the FOP, called for all the way back in January of 2019, uh, three three years ago, now going on uh, four years ago, uh, where we called for an investment in gunshot detection systems, uh, license plate reader technology, and uh, public safety cameras. And we've seen those public safety cameras, license plate reader technology, play significant roles in multiple cases of uh, identifying suspects and, and, and helping in successful apprehensions. But also the gunshot detection system has recently been credited with saving the life of a gunshot victim. So uh, I think there are many things like that. And I would also give credit to uh, community groups, grassroots groups like the 10-Point Coalition, who saw significant reductions in the areas that they spend time walking in, areas that had significantly high rates of, uh, of violence and homicides, where they saw significant reductions in those areas. All of that has played a role in drawing down these numbers, but they're still too high, and we still have to double down on our efforts to close this revolving door and uh, help prevent repeat violent offenders from further victimizing our community. Rick, one thing that you and I have discussed and and you have with uh, Hammer and Nigel as well is the need for bond reform and the need for uh, really a cessation of this ridiculous system we have where people are arrested for very violent crimes and can be kicked right back out on the streets for as little as $500 for things like strangulation uh, and and even uh, domestic uh, abuse cases. Um, do you have any optimism that Marion County would get serious about bond reform and try to keep more bad guys in jail longer? Well, we would still encourage the judges who oversee the establishment of the bond matrices in Marion County to give that further review. You know, one of the simple fixes we've proposed is uh, you can maintain that matrix, but how about it not apply to a repeat violent offender? Just start there. If you have a prior conviction for crimes of violence, you don't get that automatic bond and further review needs to occur. There's no, I don't see any way that anybody can debate or argue that point. And it's a reasonable solution uh, to help draw down some of these numbers and victimization. And listen, I think our state house, this legislative session, session will take some additional steps. I hope they do to continue to address this issue of crimes of violence and crimes of violence toward officers as well, guys, because these latest numbers we've seen of officers being attacked. I just spent time on Newsmax talking about these national numbers. We had 331 officers shot in the line of duty in this country last year, 62 of which were killed by gunfire. That's a 32 percent increase over 2020, which was a very violent year for our officers. And 126 officers were shot in 89 separate ambush attacks. Um, I think what we're seeing in major cities across this country is a complete deconstruction and destabilization of our criminal justice system. And we've got to get back to preserving the law and restoring order. Rick, where's the morale of IMPD, the, the rank and file right now? You know, we've talked before about how uh, a lot of officers don't feel like the administration has their back, um, uh, that, that, you know, they're, they're being restricted on the ability to do their jobs the way they'd like to do their jobs. Um, they're understaffed uh, and, 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 and working too many hours. But, you know, I, I don't want to just assume that uh, I understand what the rank and file morale level is, but it's worth a question to you. Where do you see that well morale is still in the gutter listen guys we the last climate survey we took we showed that 97 percent 97 percent of impd officers uh don't feel they have the support um of of the uh elected officials of the city uh we just saw 99 percent voted no confidence in the local marion county prosecutor and uh 
Uh, about 97% voted no confidence in the local criminal justice system. But guess what? Our officers in Indianapolis continue to suit up and show up every single day. They're not going to back down. They're not going to back away from protecting our fellow neighbors. Uh, but they do call on our residents that they serve to just simply wake up and stand up to these woke, broke politicians in charge and change course here while we still can. Uh, change needs to happen uh, because the victimization rates are too high. And, guys, when you dig into these numbers, 229 homicides, we found that 78 percent of those homicide victims were our fellow black neighbors. 68 percent were black male, 10 percent were black females, um, completely overrepresented. Uh, in terms of their overall population within the city, and we're told what lives matter, I would suggest to you that those lives mattered just as much as any others. And we should be talking about that, raising red flags about that overrepresentation, and talking about what we're going to do about it. And I think most folks in the neighborhoods, when you talk to them, they will quickly point out to you that this issue of the revolving door of criminal justice in Marion County is a significant contributor, and it must be closed. Yeah, wow. What a, I mean, those numbers just jaw-dropping. A tragic reminder of the disproportionate impact of violence in Indianapolis. Uh, Rick Snyder, president of FOP. Uh, one more thing before we let you go. It, let's circle back to some of these grassroots organizations that Joe Hogsett mentioned in his statement on Twitter. The successful effort is thanks to a large-scale collaboration between city agencies, law enforcement, and grassroots organizations. I'm assuming he means organizations like Reverend Charles Harrison and the Ten Point Coalition. Doesn't seem like the administration was always willing to work with Charles Harrison and the Ten Point Coalition, even though they they had success in hotspots across the city. This was a big deal. Well, I think a big contributor is that there was a significant shift that took the management of those dollars away from the 25th floor and put it in the hands of the city county council. And that's when we saw a movement away from the 10 point coalition. I'm not advocating one way or the other for any individual group, Mm -hmm. but what I can is I can point to the actual uh, demonstrable results from the Indy 10 point coalition. We have yet to see those results published from uh, folks who are now on the payroll of the city of Indianapolis with taxpayer dollars, making an average of $55,000 a year yet. Uh, They still have never even been identified as to who they are. Mm. Guys, we don't even know the names of these employees that are somehow working in secret, uh, helping uh, to work with grassroots organizations. But one thing the mayor did point out uh, in his beginning of the year address is that there would be significantly more accounting and auditing of of those taxpayer dollars to those grassroots organizations, and we welcome that. Rick Snyder, president of the FOP, thank you so much. Happy New Year, and let your guys know the Hammer and Nigel Show have our full uh, full support. Thank you. Thanks, Rick. Uh, coming up next is Is This Anything? And it is 64 and cloudy at the American Standard Heating Weather Center, 93 WIBC.